Good morning. Today, Bezat Hashem, we'll finish Maseches Megillah, which means that we're going to be learning Megillah Daflam and Bays, which is one Amud. Daflav, our favorite, and uh, wherever we're at the penultimate Daf in Maseches Megillah. Uh, we're keeping Andrew in suspense. It's short torture. Welcome back, Andrew. We missed you terribly. Andrew's like, are you finishing today or not? Andrew, don't. Don't get a heart attack. We're at five lines up from the wide lines on Lamed Aleph Amid Bez. Here we go. We're talking about the Mahamados. We talked about, Andrew, yesterday we talked about all the different Krios that we had on the special days of the year. Now we have the, we had the Mahamados. Remember Masechus Tainus? That was recent. That was last Masechus. And the Mahamados were what? We had the Mishmaros, as you know, the regular rotation of the Kohanim. And that was accompanied by the Ma'amados, which was the regular rotation of the Israelim corresponding. And they had a running cycle of Kriya these Ma'amados, right? In addition to the Sheni V'chamishi and all this other stuff, right? So they had to deal with, with this. Was it instead of, in addition to? I don't know. The Ma'amados had their own Kriya when they had their turn for their Ma'amid, right? And that was, as discussed in Masechus Tainis, the Maisabratius, so they did like a rotation where they're reading Maisabratius over and over again. Okay, so says the Gemara, Minani Mili. How do we know that they're doing Maisabratius? So this is the cut and paste for Masechus Tainis. It's going to go fast, Andrew. Amar Rabbi Ami, Ilmali, Ma'amadus, Lanis, Kamisha, Ma'ivaretz. In other words, Ma'amadus is really us. It almost like signifies Avoida and Tfila, right? Just like, that's interesting. In other words, the Ma'amadus corresponds to the Karbanus that the Kohanim are doing in the base of Mikdash, and the singing that the Levim are doing in the base of Mikdash. So Mahmoudus is a Kriya Torah that signifies what we call Avoda, right? Torah, Avoda, Avoda, Chasadim. This is Avoda. What is Avoda? Praise to Hashem, which is the Tachlis Habriya, right? That's the reason why we, uh, the heaven and earth were created, and thus making the creation uh, of heaven and earth the appropriate Kriya Torah for the Mahmoudus. So were it not for Avoda, there wouldn't be Shemayim Baritz. Shemar im lo brisi yom avalayla chukos Shemayim Baritz lo samti. If it were not for the covenant, which is to say, uh, right, if, which is to say, this is in Yirmiyahu. But what he's saying is, right, if he didn't make a covenant with us that would make us praise him, there'd be no reason in creating the world in the first place. Uchsiv vayomer Hashem alkim ba ma eida ki irashena. It's not Vayomer Hashem Elohim. It's Vayomer. This is Miyamar Al Mi is Avram speaking to Hashem. Avram Avinu says to Hashem, Vayomer, Hashem Elohim. How am I going to know that I'm going to inherit all this that you're promising me? That oh, that, oh my goodness, I'm going to have uh, all these, all this offspring and, you, and, and I'm, they're going to end up in Eretz Israel. How do I know any of this? So, I'm, so now Rav Ami is going to explain this Pasuk. What was the conversation between Avram Avinu and Hashem? As follows. Avram Avinu said to Hashem, Hashem, maybe, right, you've promised me all of this great future, but what if the, the uh, offspring of mine, of which you speak, starts sinning? Mind you, Avram had lived through the time of the Mabul and the Flaga, where Hashem so to speak, did a bunch of do-overs, right? And destroyed everyone or mixed everybody up. So he's saying, you're going to give me this great offspring and you give me all this, but how do I know that they're going to be, right, worthy of being perpetuated, right? There's, not, there's not, no saying that any of this really is going to be of any lasting value. 
So I'm a low lav. So me and Malmi here. This is. Uh, he says, so, so he says, so this is like Hashem saying, Amar Lafan of Ribbon Shalom, Bame Eda, right? So Amar Lolav, the Mir Malami is Hashem, says to Avram, nah, you don't have to worry about it. And then Amar Lafan of, so then back to Avram responding to Karshbarhu, Ribbon Shalom, Bama Eda. How will I know? So which is, right, we say that he was kind of punished for this. What do you mean? You don't trust Hashem? Hashem says that that's not going to happen. No, he wanted a guarantee. Or he wanted at least to know how he could know that that would be the case. So Amar Los, Hashem said back to Avram, Kali Eglamishu Leshes. This is where they started the bris bein habesarin. What's this Kali Eglamishu Leshes? So the last wide line in Rashi, Klomar Hakarbanus Yikapro Lehem. In other words, the response to Bameida was a form of a carbon. Okay. So in other words, by that, by, by that response, he saw that these karbanos are going to be the sign that Kalisrael will be perpetuated over time. So Amar Lafan of Ribbon Shalom. So Avram said to Hashem, Ribbon Shalom, Tainach Bizmanch Bizmiklishkayim. Okay, so you're showing me karbanos. But Avram in, uh, anticipated, Benavua, that the base of Mikdash couldn't possibly stand always. So when the base of Mikdash is standing, so then you're not going to destroy Kalisrael. But Bismarck, ain't basically make the Shkayim at the What's going to be when it's not? Kvarti Kantilahim, say their So Amr Los, Hashem said to Avram, Kvarti Kantilahim, say their Karbanos. Open up the Siddur and you'll see that the say their Karbanos is in the Siddur. If you read Karbanos in the morning, the Garano, it's Muslim moment. If you read the Karbanos in the morning and the evening, I will consider it as if you're bringing the actual Kabbalah to base of Mikdash, and that is how you achieve a Kapara <coughs> for your Avonos, and therefore avoid destruction. Okay? Why did they just have the Kabbalah? I mean, you know, just talk about Kabbalah the whole time in Dalvin. Right. No, <laughs> right? So, Garanos asks a good question. Sounds like, I mean, in the base of Mikdash, Sounds like you don't even need Shemonesrei. Just do, just do, just read Karbanos and go home. Right. Uh, that, that's that's a fascinating question. Of course, Anchekneses Agdola, Rometakin, the Tefila has elements of right uh, praise and bakasha and all the elements that we learn in Maseches Brachos. Um, and it, and it's funny you say that because we just learned yesterday about the special Kriya Satara for the Yomim Tovim, and there's really two elements. One is the technical. Karbanos elements and ritual, and the other is the thematic elements, right, and the concepts. So we have both. Goranowitz kind of Muslim moment that you you need in order to have life, uh, in order to, to have a true avod, avod, uh, the fullness of avodas Hashem, I should say, it has to do with ritual, but also has to do with machshava, chovas olavavos. Very. It's like Agatha and Halakha. You have both in the Gemara. Yeah, it, it is very much like that. Thank you, Goranowitz. Okay, so. But I, did Begrash, you saw Andrew's back? Oh, okay. Andrew's back. He yeah. had the mask on, he was high behind. <laughs> okay, right there in the Mishnah. Well, we're torturing him. He needs to, he needs to finish Megillah um, today. Here we go. Betanias, brachos, uklalos, vein, mafsikin, baklalos. What's going on here? So, this is talking about laning during the Tainias, right? So he says, then they used to do the brachos, uklalos. We don't do that anymore. We do Eichal now. But then they used to read from Bechukosai. So, Minoni, how do we know that? So, Amar Bchiebar, Gam, Damar, Ravasi, Damar, Kra. Musar Hashem Bni Altim As. This is the Pasuk in Mishlei. The reason why we read from the Brachot, the Minal Mila is the halacha we learn in the Mishnah that Ve'ain Mafsikin Baklalos. You only give one aliyah 
to the guy and you don't give multiple aliyahs within the brachas because you don't want to make a bracha before or after a klala, right? So, first of all, that's not the reason that Rav Chibar Gamda gives. The Rav Chibar Gamda gives the name of Asi a different reason why we don't break it up. He says, the reason you don't break it up, it's literally Gerano, it's a Muslim moment. When the, 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 the lesson is, Musar Hashem B'ni Altim Us. You should not hate Musar. You should love Musar Goranowitz. But here's how you show that you love Musar. You don't have to break it up and take it into bite-sized pieces. You should take the entire humble pie and eat it whole. You understand? You should take the entire Musar. If you were to break it up, it would seem like you don't like it. Like you only want it in bits and pieces. No, no, no. Give me the whole scoop. Give me the entire Musar. Don't spare any details. Okay. That's the reason in the name of Ravasi. But the reason that I just mentioned before was Rish You don't make a bracha on a klala. And if you were to stop in the middle, so then, you know, so then Barry gets an aliyah and, the, and then he makes a bracha in the middle. Then Andrew gets an aliyah and he makes another bracha on the paranas. So you don't want to do that. So, so, and, and therefore we have to stick it in the laning, which, to which the Gemara says, In other words, that also means that you can't start at the beginning and end at the end of the brachas, because then you're also making a bracha on Puranas. Even if you did the whole thing whole, you have to have a little, uh, uh, one or three, is, or, is, or at least three psukim on either end to make a klala sandwich, right? You need to have some non-klala psukim in the beginning and end so that the bracha that you're making is on a critical enough mass of, um, of buffer between, uh, between the klala and the bracha, as follows. One pasuk, although we do three, and kshemisayim isayim be pasuk shalacharein. And when you finish, right? So after the kolos, you have one pasuk. <clears throat> so, right? The Gemara is referring to crackers with like uh, with the with the kolos being like chopped liver in between. But we we like to have actual challah, a little bit more of a buffer, three pasukim. Be that as it may, you don't make the bracha on it directly. You simp- you don't take it straight. You have to have a buffer on either side. So I'm rabbi. Lo shanu elav kolos shabatars kohanim. This is bechukosai. That's with, refer- with reference to the Klalas and Bechukosai. I will call it to Mishnah Taira, you can interrupt the Klalas in, uh, Devarim. Why? My Taima. Halalu Belashan Rabbi Mamuras Moshe Bifnei Ogrura Amran. That the ones that are in Bechukosai, in Sefer Vayikra, those Klalas are like mainline because those are Mipia Gvura. Hashem was saying it, as Rashi explains. That was the Lashan, right? That, that they were using, <clears throat> and, right, he's saying, this is what HaKadosh Baruch Hu told me, right, and therefore, that is one of the reasons. Also, the other reason is, it was said, in other words, it really explicitly applied to all of us. Masha'in came the ones in Devarim, in contrast with the ones in Devarim, so that's what the Rashi explains. It says, right, Moshe is saying it, first of all, uh, like he is saying all of Sefer Devarim. He is saying it sort of on his own behalf, so to speak, like his own um, version, like a Navi would, right? Not a, not a directly like Hashem using him as a mouthpiece. And secondly, he's saying it Yachid, as Rashi explains, when he's saying it Yachid, so then really he could be talking to somebody else, right? Just like when the rabbi gives Musa in Shul. I always look over at Andrew and I say, I feel like he's talking directly to you. You know, <laughs> so um, so so when he's giving Musa in the singular, uh, so all of this just means that those klalos are uh, muted just enough, the klalos and devarim, that you can make a bracha on them, and it wouldn't be considered a bad thing to do. Okay, <clears throat> so 
Levi Barbuti, Havakari Makar Begamin, Kameda Ravuna Barure. So this is a fascinating thing. Some people say that this is where the minhag starts. Um, that, that when we say the Klalos, you might recall in Bechukosai, you say it sort of quietly. Do you ever remember that? Quiet. Right? You do it a little, a little quietly. So Levi Barbuti was kind of like mumbling it, saying it quietly. It was, you know, when he got to the Klalos, he did what the Balkari does. He goes, So Ravuna was in attendance. Right, and he's here's him mumbling the words. So Amarlo, so Ravuna says to Levi, who's saying the Klolos in a mumbling fashion, Akanafshach. Yeah, do whatever you want. Yeah, it sounds fine. Just yeah, as you wish. Uh, now, Aval Posik. So the um, implication here is that when he did those mumbling Klolos, that was in Devarim. So it's it's um, so right because you can't interrupt. Right, the reading of the Bechukosai uh, Sefer Vayikra Klolos, you can't interrupt those because those are Mipiyagvura as discussed. And therefore, he is using the Lushan of, so he's saying that those really have to stay intact, not so much because of the Bracha issue, but they just have to stay intact. But here in Mishnah Torah, because you can stop in the middle, he's also applying that as a, in addition to that, you can be Magam game, you can mumble it in certain ways. Right, but we say both of them quietly. Uh, we say quietly when we say um, the the klolos in bichukosai. So it's not an exact parallel, but be that as it may, the point is that um, in the case of Levi Barbuti, he mumbled it, and it happens to be that Ravuna applied that as being something that you could only do in the safer of actually devarim. So, the, so again, it's a stretch to say that that's what it applies to the klolos in vayikra. But be that as it may, that is perhaps. Not, uh, not, not, uh, not necessarily, but it might be the, the source of our minhag. Okay. So now, I think they, the, they uh, actually remembered this incident thousands of years ago. Right. It's amazing how we have the Masora for all the things that we do for the minhagim. Yeah, we have a we have a ancient traditions. Tanya, Ezra Oh, so again, Ezra, right? We had the Anshak Nessus of Gdola and the Takanus Ezra. And so Ezra was metaking that they would read the Klalos at critical times in the year. One before Shavuos and one before Rosh Hashanah. My time, what would be the reason? Right, in the name of either Rishlakish or Bai, this is a famous idea, right, that we talk about on Rosh Hashanah, that at the end of Right, right before the end of the year, right before Rosh Hashanah, you want to get all the curses out of the way, get it out of your system, and start the year fresh with only brachas. So, I can understand what you're saying, the Devarim part, right before Rosh Hashanah, because that's actually before Rosh Hashanah. And therefore, What's this idea of reading from the Torah's Kahanim before Shavuos? Shavuos isn't Rosh Hashanah. So what does it have to do with Tichle Hashanah V'Kiloseah? Says the Gemara in, go back to Maseches Rosh Hashanah Tesvav, and you'll see that at Saras Nami Rosh Hashanah he. The Shavuos is also like Rosh Hashanah Tznan, like we learned in that Mishnah, Rosh Hashanah Tesvav, who at Saras al Peros Ha'ilan. There is an element of judgment that takes place on Shavuos, it's Peros Ha'ilan, and therefore, that too should be a yearly cycle where you want to get the uh, Klaus out of the way. Okay, Tanya, another statement of Shimon Ben-Elazar. Once we said the first, let's do another one. Right, a non sequitur, but still a statement from Shimon ben Lazar. If people tell you that, I'm sorry, if Zakanim tell you who should what should, what should um, govern 
your policy, Goranowitz? Should it be the wisdom of old age or the exuberance of youth? What do you think is smarter to listen to? Um, you know something, <laughs> as you get older, you feel like you're, nobody wants to know from you. You get it? Yeah, but the Torah is telling us you should listen to the old, older people with experience. Why? Because if the older people tell you to demolish and the younger people say, no, 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 build, you should demolish, starve al and don't build, which is say, listen to the older people. Why? What a fascinating way to say it. The, 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 the demolition of old people is really constructive. And the building of young people is often destructive. Wow. Right? Like all the, <laughs> all the advancements of the young people that they want to, you know, make the iPhone better and better and better. Maybe they're only being destructive. Amazing. What happened here? So an illustration is an opportunity for me to fix what I think a historical fact that I got wrong. The similar is Rechavim ben Shlomo. What's the history here? Rechavim was the son of Shlomo Melch. That much is true. What happened was Shlomo dies and the old people went to Rechavim and they said, I, I think I got this right. This part I think I got right. They said, you know, you should not, you, you have to reduce the taxes. People are not going to be happy. Shlomo Melch um, was notorious Right for having heavy taxes, and he built the base of Mikdash, so you know he needed the heavy taxes. Uh, however, and and everybody was wealthy, but then the taxes were getting to be too burdensome, and the people were getting upset. And Rachava and the old people were saying, "You got to reduce taxes," and he didn't want to reduce taxes, so he didn't listen. And that opened the door for Yeravam and Nevat. Yeravam and Nevat, we mentioned at the end of Masechus Tainus. Now he wasn't. Uh, I think I may have mistakenly said he was Rachava's son. He obviously was not. Because he was Nevat's son. <laughs> but the point is, Yeravim ben Nevat uh, was exiled in Mitzrayim, and he came back. This opened the door. In other words, they were, they were so disgruntled from the, um, from the advice of the old people that Rechavim did not accept. They were so disgruntled were the nation that the prices of the taxes were kept so high that it opened the door for, for Yeravim ben Nevat to succeed Rechavim, come back from Mitzrayim, come out of his right, purgatory, and start the whole kingdom of the north, right, um, in, in, uh, in response to this taxation, which was always a big political, right, uh, fulcrum, and start a whole, a whole machlokas in Klal Yisrael, the Asar Shvatim, um, et cetera, that, that, that ensued, right? Uh, that's a whole other story that's not for now, but the point is that, uh, that uh, Yeravim ben Avot is considered, it says in the Rambam, in Hilchas Shuva that you could be as great, everybody has Bechir Chafshah, to be as great as Moshe Rabbeinu, or as horrible as Yeravim ben Avot. So he's given as the, as the prime example of Rishas. All right, Tanar Banan. Was he given a chance to, you know, to say I'm sorry? Yes, it was told, it was said that he had, there's a medrash that says that he and Moshe Rabbeinu, they could have, they, and, and Shlomo Melch, David Melch, he was on a very, very high level. He had Bechir Chavshis, but he didn't use it in the right way. That's why he's the paradigm of that. Taner and he also created Machlokas in Kal Yisrael. Taner Banan, Makom Shemafsikin B'Shabbos Shachris, Shamkarim Mimecha. Okay, so now we're getting back into uh, the Gabai handbook. So, this is going to be the Shittas Rebbe Meir. This is not what we do, but there is a Havamina. Maybe you would have liked to have this this way, Andrew. Wherever you finish, wherever you leave off Shabbos morning, Shamkarim B'Mecha, which is to say, so you come back Shabbos afternoon, right? You finished. Parsha's bow, and Shabbos afternoon, you start with Parsha's b'shalach. That, that we actually do. However, the mincha, shamkar and b'sheni. So when you finish, let's say, the first aliyah of b'shalach, Shabbos afternoon, so then, and b'sheni, that's where you pick up. So this past Monday, we would have read, let's say, the second aliyah. 
And then, Bishani Shamkarin Bechamishi. So then today is Thursday, Dafyomi coincidence. We would read the third Aliyah, right, of Bishalach. And then, Bechamishi, right, and then Bechamishi Shamkarin, right, Shamkarin the Shabbos That means that this coming Shabbos, we would start like with Ravi of Bishalach. That's basically like you're always making ground, right? You never go backwards. It would be like, you know, it would be discouraging to go backwards, wouldn't it? Like to show up on day supposed to be Lama Bez and read Lama Dalaf and Megillah? Anyway. Different Rebbe Meir. That's the sheet of Meir. It's not what we do. We do like Rebbe Yudah. Yehudah, Meir Malkom, Shemosikim, B'Shabbos, Shachas, Shemkarn, Mincha, B'Shenim, B'Chamishi. Right? Ula Shabbos, Haba. In other words, wherever you finish, Parsha's bow, so you're going to read the same first Aliyah of B'Shalach and Mincha that day, and then you're going to do it in Shemim, B'Chamishi the next week, and then Ula Shabbos, Haba. That's when you pick up, and, and, and I mean, you pick up from that same place where you did the previous Shabbos afternoon and Monday and Thursday, which is to say the very beginning of the next Parsha, which in our case is Bishalach. Okay. Now, who do we hold like? An exact cut and paste of Rabbi Huda's Shita, which is what we in fact do. So the Gemara asks, so why didn't Rabbi Zeir just say that the Allah is like Rabbi Yehuda? As we arrive at Lamed Bezim at Aleph, at the very manageable time of 5.58 a.m. and Andrew's pumped up, the reason why we said that he holds, then we, and we right, repeated what the halacha is, instead of just saying that he holds like Rabbi Yudah, is because in some con- uh, contexts, the, the uh, uh, right, Plugda um, was flipped. And we're not sure exactly between Rabbi May and Rabbi Yudah who said what. So for the sake of clarity, instead of saying who we hold like, he said what we hold like. That, that makes sense, right? So, okay. Let's go now, as we're at the top of Lam Be'ezim and Aleph, to talk about the procedure of how a person who gets an aliyah should be behaving, uh, as follows. Poseach Veroi, you get up to the Torah, you open up the Torah scroll, and you see where you're supposed to, right? The, the, the Balkara is going to show you where, you where we're leaning, and you look and you see. Okay, then go then roll up the Sefer Torah, close it up, make your Berchas Torah. Then, after you finish making your Bracha, Bechoser Poseach Vekore. And you go back and you read. Dear Rabbi Meir. Again, we're not going to hold like him here. And you go and you read. So now, Rabbi Yehuda, Meir, no. Posech v'roe. Yeah, you open it up. You see where you're supposed to read. And v'arch v'koreh. Leave it open and, and read. Oh. So what will be the machlokas? My time of the Rabbi Meir. Rabbi Meir, why does he want you to close the Sefer Torah? Kada Ula. Because the principle of Ula. Da'amar Ula. Ma'amru akar b'tar lo'yisayelah there is a principle of Tzfalos. In the days that we had the Maturgaman, which you don't have these days. So again, you would read a pasuk. Uh, and then the Maturgamon would say it over in, in the language so that people could understand. Now, when you did that, if you are the guy that has the alir, you're the guy that's the balkore, and you see the Maturgamon is like fumbling for the words, you as the balkore shouldn't help him with finding those words. Why? Because the people in the congregation might think that the words that you're telling the Maturgamon are actually found in the Sefer Torah. As we always say, who are these people? <laughs> and why do we care about them? I can't believe that it's actual people we're worried about. Maybe it is. But it's probably more just like the way it looks, right? It doesn't look right. It's supposed to be, right, reflective of a certain look. And that's a bad look, to look as if the, this Targum is in the Torah itself. You want to represent the Torah, right, uh, authentically. So hachanami. Oh, so what's the application? So Rabbi Meir apparently would apply this concept of Ula. Again, if, if you think, if, if saying stuff, if looking at the Torah and saying Targum is giving the impression as if the Targum is in the Torah, then maybe leaving the scroll open when you have an Aliyah and saying over a Bracha gives the impression that the Bracha is written in the Torah. 
And therefore, that would be the rationale for Rameir to close the Sefer Torah when you're saying the bracha. That's what it says. Hachanami, Right? That's why you close the Sefer Torah. Okay. So now everybody agrees with Ula's rules. So maybe, so how could Rabbi Yehuda justify leaving the Torah open? Rabbi Yehuda, how is he going to justify it? Says the Gemara. Targum, you kilomiti. Brachas, lay kilomiti. Yeah. <laughs> the Targum, you could think maybe it's in the Torah. I mean, I don't know why Targum would be in the Torah, but there's some Ara- kind of like Aramaic-ish, maybe names of cities, right? The areas that, that don't uh, require uh, Targum, where the Targum is the same word. So maybe you could have the appearance that, that those words are in the Torah. But you're getting Elias. And everybody's saying the brachos. Uh, who's going to think that that's in the Torah? Of course, that's not in the Torah. That's less likely to 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 look bad. So Yeah, the halacha is that you keep the sefer Torah open, and that's when you make the bracha. Why didn't Reb Zeir say that the halacha is like Reb Yehuda? There too, there was some confusion as to who the mandamer was. So in order to avoid that confusion, instead of referring to the mandamer, he referred to the actual halacha. So now, Amar Zeir, Amar Masna, Haluchos Vehabimos, Ein Behemeshum Kedusha. This is again a non sequitur in the name of Rav Masna. Zeir said in the name of Masna that the Luchos, this is not the Luchos that, the, uh, of Shavuos, of Luchos of Bruce. Rashi actually says, fascinatingly, Haluchos, the last wide line, Loyadati Mahin. I don't even know what these are. Don't you love when Rashi uh, is authentic that way? Always, always authentic. Anyway. It's like boards. It's, 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 it's unclear exactly what it is. Tosfus has a, a comment. Some say it's the boards that hold up the Sefer Torah. You say it can't possibly be part of the Sefer Torah. It's some sort of supportive thing that's around the Sefer Torah. Okay. The Abimos in Beim Kedusha. So the, the Bima, they have no Kedusha. So that's what Rashi's saying. Bima, Shehayu, Osin, Lamelech, Paparshas, Hamelech. Okay. So those things don't have Kedusha. What does that mean? Amr of Shifti, Amr of Yochanan, Hagoyla, Sefer Torah, Tzach, Shem, Yedenu, Alatfar. So more details. When you're doing galila, okay, you have to position it on the scene. Why? This all has to do with taking care of the Sefer Torah, right, in order to not tear it, okay? The Amar of Shifti, Amar of Yochanan, HaGolah Sefer Torah, when you get galila, Golah Mibachot, Vein Golah Mibifnim. This is, Rashi explains what this means. Basically, you have to roll it from the outer. We don't have the Sefer Torah exactly like this. We have the two sides. But the, the main point over here is you don't want to create tension on the side. Basically, you have to do glila in such a way, and you've seen people do glila in all kinds of ways. There's two bad things you could do when you do glila. One is to have a lot of slack so that the cloth falls all over the place. And the other one is to take it from the wrong side so that there's too much tension and it rips. Right? So you got to... Roll it in a way that it's going to roll smoothly and not rip and tear and also not fall all over the ground. So that's what it means. This is what Rashi is explaining. It's, it's physics here. Like, So the first thing he says is, the, is physics. As Rashi says, Shimiechos Amud Apnimi Vigol Atzad Achutz It Pashet Achitz and Vipal Arts. The whole thing's going to fall apart if you do it the other way. And then the second thing is that when you tighten it, right, it's a mitzvah to show the Ksav to the Am, right, uh, and that's what it says in Masecha Sofrim. So that's interesting. That might be the source of the idea that when you do Hagba, right, you show the Ksav to the people, right. You do that that one that three hundred sixty degree turn. Uh, you're also saying Vizosa Torah, and so therefore, but maybe Vizosa Torah. Came, I don't know which came first, 
the minuk to say Vizosa Torah when you're doing Hagba, or the minuk to show the people the Ksav and therefore inspire them to say Vizosa Torah. Be that as it may, that is what you're trying to show, and that's why you're Mahatko Mibifnibuchutz. This gives us like Sfardi Sefer Torah vibes, right? We're not we're not visualizing our Ashkenaz Sefer Torah when we're reading this uh, these halachas. Okay. Now, so, Asar Shakar Batara just means this is a minion, right? So, you're in Shul and you have a minion. Dafyomi coincidence, because today we're going to, God willing, be laning, because it's Thursday. So, Hagadol Shabahem, Golol Sefer Torah. Hagadol Shabahem, literally, the most Chashiv Aliyah is Glila. Wow. Uh, the Mishnah Bura writes on this that this is referring to Hagba. So Hagba is the most chash of Aliyah, right? Um, and maybe Hagba Glila. So this is like if you're auctioning off Aliyahs, uh, that's, that's a smart thing to, to, to uh, sell off Hagba and Glila, right? Everybody thinks, ma- so now what do we learn from Tainus and what do we, we learn in, um, in Masechus Megillah over here? Um, if you're a Gabai, don't tell anybody, but if you're giving Maftir, that's the lowest. And if you're giving Glila, that's the highest. Right, but that's not what we do, right? We give, we we give uh, Rockefeller Maftir, and then we give Glila to like uh, the the, the seven year olds. <laughs> okay, um, fine. Agolo notel scharkulon. Here it's beferish, right? The person who does Glila or Hagba, as it were, he's getting notel scharkulon. Damer Yeshua and Levi asar shakar b'tara gol sefer tara kibel scharkulon. Wow, uh, ten people read in the Torah. The person who gets Glila is getting the schar for all of them. Tosvos, Lafishahu Kvodo, Begam Lafishu Godol Shibakulon, Kedaihu Litol Shikvai Ne Kenegat Kulam Kedamar Rishua. In other words, it's Kedai, because that's the most Khashiv thing. Now it's not really literally Skarkulan, as the Gemara now clarifies. Says the Gemara, Skarkulan, Sakadaita, what does that mean? It means that Andrew who got Shlishi as he should loses his schar and relinquishes it to the person who got Hagbaglila? No, it doesn't mean that he that the he doesn't get any schar, elema kibel schar keneged kulan, right? That that person has as much schar as everyone else put together. That's what it means. But everyone else gets to keep their schar for the aliyah, certainly, but he's getting a lot of schar in, uh, nonetheless. Okay. So, the sequitur additional statement in the, sta- uh, in the name of the same Amar, Amar Amar Shvatya Amar Biochanan, another statement in his name, Minayin Shemishtam Shem Bebatkol. do you ever have a voice in your head? How do you know that you're supposed to listen to that voice. Listen to your inner voice. This is looking like uh, Lahavdil Stephen Covey, uh, Eighth Habit here. Find your voice. You have to, this is in reference, uh, that's a Pasuk in Shayao that references Mashiach. Um, let's see, Rashi, Rashi is uh, fascinating here. Mishtamshim Bibatkol. Listen to this. Right? Your heart tells you to do something. Vishama kol ohin olo saying go do this do that holech achar avein kan mishum nichush. That's okay. You could follow your inner voice. That's not considered sorcery. That's considered Hashem sending you a message. Possibly. Whoa! Follow your inner voice. Avahani mili. The Gemara says, when do you listen to your inner voice? Vishama kol gavra b'masa b'kal isa b'davra. Yeah, it has. To, if you heard a male voice in a town or a female voice in the fields, v'hu damar hin hin v'hu damar lav lav. Whether it says yes, yes, do this way. No, go this way. What is Rashi saying? In other words, if you're hearing the usual, hus- like 
right? If you're hearing screaming because you're on the floor of the uh, stock exchange and you're hearing voices, well, those voices are obviously always there. You can't just use those as a guide. But if you're hearing something unusual that's clearly not part of the daily right noise uh, that's around you, so that could be Hashem sending you a message. Um, guys, don't, don't go too far off field in this. This is a, this is a, uh, this is a craft, right? You can't, you can't be sure of that you're hearing a baskal. But be that as it may, don't disregard the voice in your head or the voice that you hear that Hashem sends you. Anyway, uh, another statement from Shaftar bin Yochanan, Brahma Shaftar bin Yochanan, call a car below Nima, Vishon below Zimra, a lava cost of Oimer, Vagamani Natati Lahem, Chokim Velotovim. A person who doesn't read from the Torah in a pleasant trap, or even when he reads Gemara, he doesn't do it with a, with a sing song, right? As you see a lot of people do. On him, the Pasuk says, it means I gave him the Torah. It was a great thing. This is in Yechezkel. And Hashem is talking about Klai Yisrael's sins. And he's saying, you did idol worship. You didn't do the proper mitzvahs. You didn't do this. And by the way, right, they turned, I gave him all this Torah and all these commandments and all these guidelines, and they didn't do good. They didn't do good. Wow. So you're Mekayim not doing good when you're just being dry and clinical. And right when you're reading and learning, there should be a tom to it. There should be a sing song to it. Isn't that beautiful, Andrew? So, so matkif la abaye mishum de lo kala. Wow. The abaye challenged Rishaftia. This is supposed to see, this is going to end in a bitmia here. We're going to have a question mark at the end of this. And, and I better intonate properly because we're talking about proper intonation. So, matkif la abaye. Right? You're going to say, what? Just because he doesn't have a pleasant voice, just because he doesn't know how to sing, you're going to, you're going to include him in this horrible list of things that people did, like Avodah Zarah, and not following any commandments? That's a little harsh, don't you think, Andrew? Look at the Rabbi Sharshi. The Baye says, I'm trying to get a little bit <laughs> sing songy. Uh, different suggestion. What does it mean? If you have to do Talmidah Chachamim and they're learning, and they don't defer to one another and cooperate with one another in the aspects of Halacha, what is it? It's not actual harmony, musical harmony, but harmony. Huh. Achdus harmony, the achdus harmony of which we speak is the is the ikar of what we want. If you can't have achdus in the community amongst the rabbanim, then it's a violation of of true vodazar. Uh, this is what we said. You know, we're talking about Yeravim ben Nevat. You, you might recall that there were no days greater. This is the end of Tainus. Since we're at the end of Megillah, we'll harken back to the end of Tainus at the end of at at the very manageable and symbolic time of six thirteen a.m. Um, at the end of Tainus, we said that Tubav, no greater days of Tubav. One of the great things that did Tubav was they removed the sentries, <coughs> the, the guards that Yeruvim ben Nevat had set up um, when he broke off into the kingdom of Klal Yisrael, of the north, uh, uh, with right, Benjamin and Yehuda, when he, when he broke up the ten tribes, so he blocked everybody's entry from the Ole Regel. And he made two golden calves and two different centers. I mean, it was a whole thing. And so he made, created, but the, what's worse, the one thing that we 
recollect. That was the worst about him. The reason why he's, as Rabbi Marwick says, Shlita, the reason why he's the paradigm of a Russia, right, to contrast with Moshe Rabbeinu, you could have used Bilam. Bilam had the Nevu of Moshe Rabbeinu, and he had Bechir Chavshis, and he went in the other direction. But no, we use Yeruvim ben Avat. He wasn't even a contemporary of Moshe Rabbeinu. But he is the classic creator of Machlokas in Klal Yisrael. Literally split up the nation of Klal Yisrael. Which is the word, and he had, and he had Bechir, and he had Nevua, and as Goronowitz says, he had great potential. But he used it for bad, right? He used his charisma to literally break the nation apart. And so the, his, his um, right, successor, actually all he did was remove, he wasn't a great guy either, but as we said in the end of Masechus Tainus, he removed some of the guards to at least give the people the option of being Olaregel. That's what we said over there. But the point is that the Achdus is what is the harmony that we need in order for Klal Yisrael to right, succeed. Baruch Hashem in Baltimore, Zochet Tremendous Achdus, you know, throughout all of COVID, when they said letters in the name of Hopfer and of Heinemann on the bottom, with every single rub in the community, uh, in unison, in lockstep. That's not to be taken for granted. You don't see that in every community. Um, and so we're very, um, we're very, very lucky that we have that kind of scenario here. Maybe we continue to have Achdus here and in all of Klal Yisrael. Okay. Okay, last thin line on. Lamed Beis Amid Aleph. Amar Rabbi Parnach. Did you ever mention it before? I don't recall. Amar Rabbi Yochanan Kala Oichas Sefer Torah Aram Nikbar Aram. What in the world? If you're grasping a Sefer Torah, what are you walking around without clothing? No, you're grasping the cloth with bare hands. Oh, okay. You touch the Sefer Scroll. That's what Rashi says, right? So you're touching the Sefer Torah with your bare hands. Okay. Below mitpachat saviv Sefer Torah. Without something around it. Okay. So why can you not? So only if it's absolutely necessary. Uh, sometimes it's in Bishas Atchak. But basically, that's a disrespectful way to handle the Sefer Torah. And therefore, Nikbar Aram, you'll be buried what? Without burial shrouds? Are you kidding? Aram Salkataita? But the Hefer Ketisha is going to say, you know what? We're burying this guy without shrouds? Are you kidding? Ela Ema, Nikbar Aram below mitzvahs. No, it means you're going to be buried without any mitzvahs. Wait, that's. You, you did all the mitzvahs your whole life, and you touched the Sefer Torah, they're going to take them away from you, says the Gemara? Below mitzvah sakataitach? Is that possibly true? You're not going to have that one mitzvah of carrying a Sefer Torah. Tosvas. Fascinating. Tosvas. Below osa mitzvah. Yesh before mitzvah sachizo. In other words, the mitzvah of, of the, of holding a Sefer Torah. Vakasha. My rebusa. Pshita ein loschar. Obviously, you're not going to get schar for that mitzvah. You didn't do that mitzvah properly. That would be saying, Anyone who doesn't pick up the lulav doesn't get the scarf for Natilas lulav. Well, of course you don't get the scarf for Natilas lulav. You didn't do it properly. So he says, Right? In other words, in other words, whatever, let's say you got an aliyah and you touch a Sefer Torah, right? And karbo. And loschar mina kriya. You're not going to get that schar, etc. Okay. So now, uh, finishing up, Rabbianai. I'm a Rabbianai. This was not. So which Rabbianai? There's a lot of Rabbianais, and they all named their son Rabbianai. So this is Rabbianai the third. I'm Rabbianai Bereder, Rabbianai Saba. He was the son of Rabbianai Saba. Mishmei Rabbianai Raba, who was the son of Rabbianai Raba. So he said in the name of his father, who said in the name, well, no, he said it in the name of his grandfather. Mutav ti galel hamitpachas, vali galel sefer It's better, it's proper that the mitpachas, the covering of the sefer Torah, be rolled around the sefer Torah. And the Sefer Torah shouldn't be rolled on the cloth. 
Yeah, of course. Uh, you know, who, who, sashimi, is that what it is? You know how sometimes you see the sushi rolls in there? That's the havdil, obviously. <laughs> Stop looking at me like that. Sometimes you see the seaweed around the sushi. That's how it's supposed to be. And sometimes you get the sushi where the rice is around the seaweed. What's the point of that? So that's, that's kind of what he's saying, la havdil. Okay, forget it. Forget it. All right, so he says, uh, so he says like this. Finishing up. So this is a quote from our Mishnah, right? That Our Mishnah says that you read, what's the source that you read? The various Kriyas uh, Torah uh, that are relevant to those days. Well, it's a beautiful idea. It's as if Moshe Rabbeinu himself is talking to you on the Yom Tovim, right? It, this is what it means. But, but Moshe taught the Mode Hashem to Bnei Israel. So that's what happened at Maimon Har Sinai. So we recreate that on Yontiv when it's like Moshe Rabbeinu speaking to us through the Torah about the Yontiv right on Yontiv. Isn't that beautiful? Says the Gemara. Right, that's what we said in, right, that in our Mishnah, the halacha was that you should read the Yomim Tovim relevant portion, relevant to that day, in its proper time. So, Tanar Abanan, so we also learned relative to that, Moshe Tikin Lem Yisrael, Yom, that the idea of the Takana of the 30 days before, right, uh, at every Yantiv, you should start being Sholem Dorish in the Indian. It's a little bit of a Daf Yomi coincidence because we learned in Masechus Megillah. Some people at the Purim Suda, which, mind you, uh, certainly uh, Shushan Purim is on the 15th of Adar. Well, guess what? You're about to hit the 14th of, so even Purim, you're going to hit the 14th of Nisan, which is going to be the carbon Pesach. It's time to start talking about Hilchas Pesach, right? 30 days before. Um, right? On Elul, you can start talking about Hilchas Rosh Hashanah. I know, Hilchas Chag Bechag. Okay, so be that as it may, or middle of Elul, certainly you talk about Sukkot. So what does that have to do with this? So, Sholem Vidosh Minyan Shal Yom, Hilchas Pesach with Pesach, Hilchas Atzeres with Atzeres, Hilchas Chag Bechag. Doesn't mention Rosh Hashanah. Talking about the Shalash Regalim. So, so, the laws of Pesach on Pesach here, right? But we, we say that it's within 30 days. But here it's just saying on Pesach, Hilchas Pesach with Pesach, Hilchas Atzeres with Atzeres, Hilchas Chag Bechag. So, when we had the Gemara of doing Sholem Vidosh 30 days before, we mentioned that it's not only, so there's two, two kinds of dinim. One is the 30 days before. The other is a special inyan of learning the special halachas of the yantiv on the yantiv itself. So this is apparently an abrisa that's parallel. It's another application. So just like the Kriyasa Torah of the Yomim Tovim is like Moshe Rabbeinu speaking to us on the Yomim Tovim and thus a kiyum of a Debe Moshe Hashem al Israel, so too the learning of the halachas on those Yomim Tovim is a kiyum of, of, of Moshe Rabbeinu speaking to us, as it were, on those Yom Tovim. It's like Moshe Rabbeinu speaking to us through the teachings of the Torah and the Halacha. Maybe we zoche, right, to have Hilchas Pesach and Pesach, Hilchas Atzeres, Atzeres, Hilchas Chag Bechag, Birushalayim, Habnuya, right, Hadron Alach Bnei Ha'ir, Uslik Eilei Maseches Megillah, Mazatov Nishakach, on finishing Maseches Megillah. And in the next uh, uh, few minutes that we have left, uh, Andrew is going to give us the Divrei Musar and his iris and inspiration. God willing, no, it's good to have you back, Andrew. And Rabbi Zoha to tomorrow, Bezat Hashem, continue with Maseches Mod Katan and beyond Yashakach, everybody. Mazel <laughs> <laughs>